Welcome to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. It's a podcast about the nuts and bolts of life in rural Australia. The good, the bad and the beautiful. These are fantastic. They pollinate our crops, produce honey and from time immemorial have been used in treating ailments and as cosmetics. The 2019 Agri-Futures Queensland Rural Woman of the Year is beekeeper Natasha Robig. Natasha and her partner Jason have established Bee All Natural, specialising in raw honey and beeswax products. Natasha's vision is to grow their business and establish a training facility for the apiary industry. I took a stroll with Jason and Tash at their property just south of Brisbane to find out a little bit more about the life of bees. Tell me where we're going, Jason, because you're in charge of making sure I don't get stung. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll walk up and around. So we walk, see, you can see the stand back from here, you can see the flight path is coming straight down into the hive. So we want to walk around and come in the other way because you don't want to stand in front of their flight path because they won't want to sting you, but they'll freak out if they hit you and they'll just reaction and they'll sting. Natasha, why did you get into bees? Uh, We got into bees because our daughter, um, she was born with eczema and we were finding that the uh, use of continuous use of steroid cream was thinning her skin and it was making her hair fall out and it was um, having the adverse effect on her eczema. So with the assistance of our doctor and the advice of a naturopath, we researched into bees and found that raw honey and beeswax had really high medicinal properties. And uh, we decided to mix together a little balm using different natural oils and things like that and uh, tried it on her for a few weeks and we found that it was really helping with the moisture content in her skin. And uh, that's essentially the sole purpose of why we got into bees. But then after doing some research into bees, we just found how incredibly intelligent bees are and how much we need them for pollination services for our, our community, for our food. Two-thirds of food relies on the uh, honey, the uh, honeybee or the, the, sorry, the bee pollination. Um, so we really need to increase the population of our bees. So were you actually beekeeping before your daughter or did it come as a consequence of Miranda having eczema? Well, we always appreciated bees. We found that they were beautiful, but we didn't really understand them all that well until our daughter came along and it was a necessity for us to do that research and that was our go-to, was the bee. And I believe it works really well between you and Jason because Jason was doing um, shift work. He was fly in, fly out, and you were working full-time. So it's really brought you and your daughter together. Yes, that's correct. My employer was really helpful, um, really flexible with with me I had a really great manager um, and still have a great manager Um, she was very um, supportive in the need of having our family first um, attitude so my husband was working away for a month at a time and back for a week at a time and in that week we were able to um, spend most of our time together um, not having to work but we were able to spend more time on the bees spend time together and really improve the quality of our family and you say they're intelligent what do you mean by intelligent they have um, so there's a there's been a lot of research invested in um, the hive intelligence around the bee. So evolution evolution of bees obviously changed to suit the conditions of our environment. So um, in our current conditions, um, we found that they are although they are heat sensitive um, and they do stress, um, they've become really quite resistant to the harsh conditions of our um, environment. Right now, we're con- in the middle of a, a dearth, um, what they call a dearth. It's because of our drought conditions. 
conditions. So there's not a lot of flora for them to foliage from, but they're still making it work um, for their family and to grow their brood. And that's why it's really important that we don't take too much honey from them, if any at all. Um, if they don't have any to give, we simply don't take them. So this is what you mean by ethical beekeeping? It's um, about being kind to the bees? Absolutely. Ethical and sustainable beekeeping means our bees come first. The health of our bees absolutely essentially come first. So we like to maintain their hive um, in the middle of winter when they most need their honey. We don't touch them, but we still maintain them to ensure that there's no um, disease. So this is disease prevention and maintenance. Um, and if we do find that they have excess honey, we would hate for them to drown and be suffocated in too much of their own honey so we help free them up by swapping out some of their frames and putting in fresh frames for them to make more more room in their hives. Natasha you and Jason have turned a treatment for your daughter a passion for bees into a business be all natural what are you trying to do? That's correct so the the whole core of our business the value of our business is based around natural products there's no preservatives there's no parabens everything that we eat is whole it's from nature and we know that it's safe to give to our um, children and it's safe to give to our family Um, that's the whole core of our business but essentially what we do is we like to reuse 100% of the byproducts from the beehive so when we do rub rob the bees of the honey um, we have to remove the capping off the frame that's what we call uncapping and we remove that capping and we clean it and uh, we we um, turn it into a solid frame of wax and and from there we can use that into cosmetics like um, natural lip balms and face scrubs and body scrubs and body butters and all different products that we make as part of our business Um, and again all natural um, no preservatives and no parabens what about the honey do you use that Yes, we absolutely do. So we've got the raw honey products and um, we've actually become a, quite an innovative business um, in terms of we've found other ways of reusing our raw honey. So we've got our, our standard premium quality raw honey, um, our favourite, um, but we've also got a creamed honey. So we make all different varieties of raw creamed honey using um, spices and um, locally produced mm. fruit products um, to make different versions of um, infused creamed honey. And we also have an infused raw honey. So again, we also use um, locally produced fruits and vegetables to infuse our honey. You're listening to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. Life on the land can be tough, but the people who live there choose to live where they live. And there is a sense of community you won't find in the city. Now, Jason, your daughter told me that little kids shouldn't eat raw honey. Why? She seemed... She's been having raw honey treatment since she was a little kid. Uh, so it's basically little children are wonderful um, sponges. They absorb all the information that we speak about and talk to people about. So one of the things we, we're passionate about is when we sell our honey to someone, we sell them the story as well, where it comes from. And I guess as, as an obligation for us, we want to make sure they're not going to feed that uh, raw honey to infants under the age of 12 months because raw honey actually carries botulism. Um, it's a natural element there's, there's no, nothing wrong about it it's just infants under the age of 12 months their stomach or their their um, immune system is not capable of handling that botulism so in raw honey under 12 months not a good mix it can cause um, some serious health effects um, not that it's a, a negative thing it's just something that's a preventative but we have to make sure that people are not doing that another reason why kids should be allowed to play in the dirt i would have thought 
I remember eating sand and dirt when I was growing up. Um, Build up some resistance, kids. Exactly right. Um, and to a certain extent, well, that's how we've let our daughter grow up as yeah. well. Uh, I mean, we're not one, you know, alternative out there kind of parents, but we, 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 when we first discussed about having children a long time ago, we decided that's exactly how we're going to raise our daughter, how we were raised. How hard is it to set up a small business, make it work? And why did you apply for the Queensland Rural Women of the Year Award? It's incredibly difficult to set up a small business, especially from scratch. We started our business with one beehive and a passion to make dif- to make a difference. And thankfully, with the support of our community, we've been able to grow to where we are today. We've got um, a lot of community support. Our Logan City Council um, have also been incredibly supportive of us. Um, I chose to apply for the AgriFutures Award simply because I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to put a spotlight on women in business, women in beekeeping, and I wanted to identify that agriculture is an incredible space to provide your family to work and um, to, to earn a living, um, to make a career pathway for yourself. We also need to have a new, a new wave of um, agriculturists come in. Um, it's unfortunately a dying art. There's a lot of space there where we need um, youth to come in and really help get that going with their technological advancements, which is great to see it is happening now. So what's the project that you now have got funding for? The project that I've got funding for now, thank you to AgriFutures and Westpac, <laughs> is um, we're trying to set up a facility, an education, an educational training facility for beekeepers. Um, so people, we'd like to encourage more beekeepers into the industry. We'd like to support the existing beekeepers that we've got. And we'd also like to support our governmental organisations and client industry bodies um, by providing a platform, a space for them to come and present all of their up-to-date research, all of their new obligations, um, all of the existing procedures that beekeepers may not be aware of, just to make sure that everybody knows exactly um, what beekeeping is um, required, the beekeeping requirements are, and to understand um, biosecurity and disease prevention. You've got native bees. You've got so many different sorts of bees here. I thought native bees, European bees, that was about it. But it's much more complicated than that. It sure is. We love our bees here. Um, part of our facility is that um, it's not exclusive to European honeybee. We'd like to talk about all the native bees that we have here in Australia. Um, and we'd like to identify the different um, types of plants and pollens that the, the bees um, like to come across. So we encourage um, everybody to plant bee-friendly plants. And what do you think for this this year? You've got a year ahead of you. You're the Queensland Rural Women of the Year for a year. What do you hope to achieve by the end of this year? I hope to achieve my facility being off the ground. I hope to achieve the spotlight of beekeeping. And I hope to achieve a new wave of beekeepers being introduced to the industry. Um, Women in beekeeping, especially women in agriculture. Women in agriculture have um, have produced so many valuable outputs um, within the agricultural community. And... um, we're just simply not recognised as well as we could be, so I'd really like to put a spotlight on that too. You've been listening to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. Subscribe on your favourite podcast app and leave me a review. Music was composed and presented by Luke Aidney. Mm-hmm.